Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by seasoned air quality expert and entrepreneur. He is also the founder of Jasper, Mike Feldstein. We're going to be talking to him today about air quality, about his company, why he decided to focus on safe and clean air quality. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, man. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. So my name is Mike. I'm 33. I currently live in Austin, Texas. Moved here a couple of years ago from Canada. And uh, my background was in wildfire restoration. So when there'd be, well, not just fires, floods, fires, mold, hurricanes, power outages, when there'd be a natural disaster with a surge in demand, I would start, I had a company called Rapid Group. So we would basically mobilize after natural disasters hire as many local people as we could as we could and we would restore and clean and fix and build after natural disasters this led to me seeing how negatively impacted people were from wildfire smoke specifically and when people usually think about wildfires they think about a kitchen fire a dryer vent like a house burning down but the bigger issue is actually the smoke damage for the surrounding area. It can go many, many, many square miles. Ent- entire cities can be infiltrated with smoke. And uh, often people don't even, <clears throat> in many cases, they don't know if it's a problem or not. But in a lot of cases, the homes are very, very damaged, but from smoke, not from fire. So I got to see firsthand how impacted people were from wildfire smoke, how sick it was making them. And then I, um, I also got to see like that the air cleaning machines that we would use after fires were somewhere between a subwoofer and a photocopying machine. They were loud, they were ugly, but they got the job done. But they don't get the job done when people unplug them and hide them in the closet. So after seeing just the, the health impacts that was happening, I I realized like if we were using, you know, pickup trucks and um Tractor trailers is the analogy I use for the air cleaning machines we would use for, you know, professional cleanup. When I tested everything you could buy at Best Buy and Home Depot and Walmart, those were like golf carts and the the, the world needed an SUV. So the little air purifiers that you see at the stores, it's kind of like trying to heat your bathtub with a kettle. So, you know, a kettle is really effective at heating water for a cup of tea. If you try to heat your bathtub with a kettle, the water is going to cool down faster than you can fill it up and and you're not actually going to be able to heat your bathtub effectively so that kind of inspired me to move into a, a new space creating a air purifier that was quiet effective and uh, looked good doing it because if it looks bad people turn it off if it's loud people turn it off um, so yeah I went from basically wildfire disaster cleanup guy to uh, creating a product company, designing it, and um, yeah, we can, we can get more into details, but that's basically the, the the background of how I got here. 
Yeah, let's definitely get into some d- detail, you know, uh, kind of uh, tell us how your air purifier works and, and how you came up with the design. Sure. So um, the sometimes the best person to solve a new problem is someone who has no experience solving that problem. Um, experts can get trapped inside a box and it is hard for them to see outside of that box. So once I had to learn flood, fire, mold, logistics, right? Like getting dozens of people set up in a in a city, vehicles, food, water, power, like, I, you know, a lot of these issues were a lot, they, they were, each issue was completely new, but the same thing rung true is you have to figure out stuff quickly and effectively. So after that big wildfire, the biggest fire in Canadian history in a town called Fort McMurray, which is five hours from the nearest town. It's a big oil, an oil city way up north. Everybody works in the oil industry. It's so remote. So like after figuring out how to set up companies and logistics and learn new things, developing a product was actually quite easy compared to, you know, organizing dozens of people and, and, and cleaning and fixing things. Um, so the, the way I kind of approached it was I spent a few years actually traveling and I spent a lot of that time in Asia, Malaysia, Thailand, China, Singapore, um, and the air quality is quite poor in a lot of these places, but the air quality awareness is quite strong. So they literally have air purifier stores. If you go to a mall, a restaurant, a bank, you'll pretty much see air purifiers in all indoor spaces. The same way that we've learned here in America, Canada, same about um, water filtration. You know, you wouldn't normally go to an office and see they would tell you to drink tap water. You know, we have bottled water that's available, uh, fridges. Britas, whole home filters. So there's a lot more awareness around water filtration than there is air in, in the West. Um, so basically, I, I I first traveled around to see, get more, ed- like it wasn't, it wasn't the goal. Like I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but as I saw how bad the air was outside and how good it was inside and how ineffective our solutions were in the US, I saw that as a, an opportunity and more so a problem to solve. So I started finding factories and I would just find, I, I knew in my mind, I wanted to find and create something that was, what came to me at the time was pretty like a Dyson, quiet like a Tesla and powerful like an industrial air scrubber. So instead of starting from the bottom up and trying to create something that is small and cute and cheap and efficient and looks kind of good, I wanted to create something that was really effective and looked good while doing it. So I, I, I knew I wanted it to be steel, not plastic. I knew I wanted it to vent upwards, not out to the side. Um, I knew I needed to have really accurate air sensors. So I basically, I found about 25 different air purifier factories and I, I ordered their flagship model. And then I lived with them for several months and I tested them all and I had a criteria. It had to do a good, it had to clean the air well. It had to be quiet. And then you had to have a high quality build, had to be easy to change the filters. It had to put off no odor. So the, the factory had to have excellent communication. So I knew exactly what I was looking for and I expected it to be a, a tight battle, but I one factory came first in pretty much every single category. Now it was, the aesthetic was not there. 
So I, I and there was a few features that were missing and some unnecessary features that it had. So basically, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Um, but why not improve the wheel? So I found the closest thing to what I wanted to create because I wasn't going to build a factory from scratch. And then I, I, I in, improved the design and the technology. I, I went on Upwork.com and I, I found a industrial design engineer firm who could help design products. Uh, once I found the factory that I knew I, I liked, that had a great product that I, I lived with and tested rigorously, then I worked with the designer on um, improving the design, making changes, ordering samples. The beautiful thing, you know, I'm a huge proponent of onshoring and reshoring and building everything in America and not using China and the rest of the world to, to make our products. And no one talks about this, but the reason why China is winning is not because of just price. It's because if you contact a factory in the U.S., if you're not ready to order 10,000, then they're not ready to talk to you. In China, they'll make you one, then five, then 10, then 50, then 500. And big companies start small. And they'll, they'll have 24-hour customer service via WhatsApp, around the clock. So it, it's really the communication and their willingness to work on, with small companies Uh that I've seen firsthand that's allowed them to, 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 to get ahead so much. So yeah, I found a, a factory to work with and um, I, I did just that. I got one, then five, then 50. And um, because I could order just a few samples at a time, it allowed me to iterate without having a huge investment. Um, so that's kind of high level how I, I, you know, get clear on what the problem is that you want to solve, get clear on your non-negotiables, go find places in the world that you can find that have as close to what you're looking for and then make it better. So if I wanted to buy one of those, your air purifiers, what's the price on it? So the price is a really interesting thing. Um, I intended to launch. So it costs us about $500 to make them from the the time they're made to their, till the time they get to the customer's house. Oh, that's everything. That's duties, that's freight, that's shipping, that's storage, that's everything. I intended to launch at $7.99 back in 2020. And um, I launched in May. And a friend of mine named Jason, who owns a bunch of ortho clinics, he's like, yo, you have to launch today. I was planning on launching in the summer for wildfire season. And I was in Canada at the time. And they mandated every dentist in Ontario legally needed an air purifier um, for every single dental room. Or they'd have to wait two hours between patients. And it was all based on how effective the air purifier was. So if you went and bought like a, a small Dyson or something or a Honeywell from Home Depot, you'd have to be 45 minutes between patients. If you had one of our Jasper air purifiers, they could change patients every eight to 10 minutes. So it, for the dentist perspective, it would pay for itself in a day. And um, we did about between 500,000 and a million in sales in our first week. The, the exact days are, are blurred. Um, because we, we went from a, a want to have to a need to have, and because we were large and aesthetically pleasing and effective, it was like the perfect thing for medical offices during COVID. And our shipping price at the time was almost $500 per unit because COVID, the shipping prices went up about 10 X, especially if you wanted them by air and we needed them quickly because the demand. So our costs now were like closer to a thousand dollars. And, um, a friend like I, when a friend of mine said you can't charge near a thousand like that has to be way more and when we looked at our competitors 
they were in the two, three, four thousand dollar price point. And we used the name Jasper Medical. That's what we launched as. And it was crazy. When we we split tested it, even when our, our shipping price came down, we we split tested it. And at a thousand dollars, the dentists were not buying the product. At two thousand dollars, we couldn't keep it in stock. We were 1975. And it taught me a lot about perception and pricing. You know, it's like people create a product and then you literally pick your price. Um, to decide, you know, ideally a more expensive product should have a better warranty, better service, better maintenance, better experience. Um, so our closest competitor that we were even a little superior to was 2100. So we went with 1975 and for the first year we sold 99% to doctors and dentists. And after the dentist and the hygienist would rave about the Jasper to their patients, not because they care about Jasper, but because it was a way to substantiate their clinic why it's the safest, healthiest, cleanest dental office in town, why you should come back to the dentist. Um, and a part of their pitch was bragging about Jasper. So after, you know, patients saw it a couple of times, you know, mom has a kid with asthma, with allergies, whatever it may be, they said, hey, do they sell these things for the home? And the dentist said, I don't know, contact them. Here's their here's their website. We had no e-commerce. You, we had a form, you'd fill it out. We would talk to everybody one at a time. And... Um, we would give huge discounts, like 40% off to families because the whole point was to launch for like $7.99 and be affordable. And I'm glad that we did it because if we'd sold too much too early on, like we're on our fifth version. Our customers don't know that. It looks like we're on our second version, but anytime there was a little problem, we would improve our manufacturing process so this wouldn't happen again. So now as it stands today, we're at $13.99, but my goal is still to get down to that $7.99. So we're actually lowering our prices this month um to get them closer to that between 750 and 999 based on the quantity that people buy um but yeah it, it the the goal it's kind of like printers right like if you buy a 99 dollar printer and it runs out of ink you throw it out and you buy a new printer cuz the ink's the same price as the printer if you buy that 600 dollar printer you buy the ink so and what i realized is by having a higher price that allows us to have the lifetime warranty to have, we don't have customer service people or salespeople. We have air quality experts who have spent years in the field. So it's like often you're not just buying the product, you're buying the experience that comes with the product. When you go to a restaurant, you know, you're not just buying the food, you're buying the vibe, you're buying the location. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the long wind, that's my long winded way of saying basically in that $7.99 to $9.99 range, dependent on the quantity. And um, I'm glad that we started where we did because it allowed us to go slow, built with a very uh, super analytical, trustworthy early client. We've done no marketing to date. Um, it's been all word of mouth. And now that we've dialed it in where they don't break, nobody returns them. Everybody buys the filters. It's now, now it's scale season. Well, tell us about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. Um, sure. So... We have a furnace filter that we're so I'm not going to launch products very quickly, but I'm always every month I'm spending between four and six thousand dollars designing and innovating and thinking about the future roadmap. So at our core, I'm an HVAC company. I'm just doing one thing at a time. So right now it's the best possible air purifier. We tried developing a smaller, more affordable option, but our cost to manufacture wasn't that much less. So I'm like, why don't we just make the really good one more affordable? instead of creating an inferior product. The next product that will come out 
um, late 2024, early 2025 is an upgraded replacement filter for, for your regular furnace at home. Um, after that, it's going to be a HVAC style, like an air filtration system that goes right into your furnace. And then long-term, we're actually working towards creating the world's first HVAC system. So a furnace and an air conditioner that doesn't just heat and cool your air, but cleans it. And it's got a sensor on board so it can detect the outdoor air as well through the weather, like through an API to detect what the weather network is saying. Every city, when you when you check, you know, your city, New York weather, Austin weather, Los Angeles weather, it shows you the temperature and the humidity. Will it rain? But if you type in your city air quality, every city is measuring air quality, pollen, mold, pollution, smoke. Cities are monitoring this stuff. So it's very easy to tap into that data, use that information. So automatically, if the air quality is poor outside, you know, it'll be like the recirculate mode in your car. It'll turn your house into a closed air filtration system. If the air quality is really good outside, then it's going to open it up and bring more fresh air in. So the big HVAC companies now, they all range between 6 and $100 billion. They're all public companies. And they basically all get together and they realize if none of us innovate, none of us have to innovate. That's why the furnace hasn't changed in decades. So you know, we couldn't just start a furnace company on day one. That's years to, to, to get it up there, build your cash, build your influence, build your your the infrastructure of your company, your ability to repair and maintain and serve, um, offer quality communication and quality support. But yeah, long term, the direction that we're moving in is uh, full integrated HVAC systems for people's homes. Okay, so how, how, how can we keep up with your products and everything that you're up to? Give us your website. So the website's Jasper, J-A-S-P-R.co. Um, but honestly, I don't do a great job educating on the website or on Instagram. The best way is podcasts. Like the 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 real thing that we need to fix as a society here is people's homes aren't really designed for the people. They're built cost effective. They're designed to keep the you know they're designed to be cheap and they're designed to keep the rain and the wind and the snow out. They're not designed to be healthy environments for us. So systemically, um, what I'm trying to do is educate. HVAC, architects, builders, realtors, home inspectors, to not just look at a home as a cheap box that we sleep in, but has a as a vessel of our health. So that's a, that's a bad answer to what you're asking. But honestly, type in my name on, on whatever podcast app. And I like to speak to crowds about pets, pet allergies, sleep, cooking, babies. You know, everybody kind of has their own little uh, niche and area of expertise. And for me, it's much better. I'm an introvert who's who occasionally pretends to be an extrovert. So it's best for me to be kind of the guy behind the guy educating various experts on how air impacts their own field. Uh, but me, myself, uh, as a company, we, do, we don't do much content creation internally. We like to work with other experts in their field. But basically, yeah, Googling us or searching for us on a podcast uh, app is a lot better than us trying to create a little Instagram post because this is a, a deep, dense topic that can't really be consolidated into short form content. And if it can, I haven't figured out how to do it yet. All right. We'll close this out with some final thoughts. Maybe if there was something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about it, just any final thoughts you have for the listeners. No, other than we're, we're, we're a small company, which means we got time. So if anybody has questions about, you know, if they're sick at home and don't know why, or they're not sure about a, a, a product, a humidifier, an air purifier, like feel free to reach out. We, we, we're not too busy. We got time. So yeah, go to our website, send us an email. We're happy to chat. We're here to serve. Um, 
if someone's starting a product company and doesn't know where to start, I love doing that too. So um, yeah, we're here to serve. Hit us up. You can hit them up at jasper.co. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. If you have any guests or suggestion topics, see jackson102 at cox.net is the place to send them. As always, thank you for listening. And Mike, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, man. Have yourself a good day. Enjoy your weekend. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.